welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. So tonight, a really great guest that I'm going to introduce in just a second. But if you are watching this on YouTube or you now, you can go ahead and start leaving questions. We'll try and get to every question that we can. If you're watching this on the rebroadcast, go ahead and leave a comment below. I try to get to every one of them squeaks by me. And if it does squeak by me and you don't see an answer pop up, then just go ahead and like leave me another question and I'll get back to that one, hopefully. So if you're checking this out on SoundCloud where you can see this or hear this rather as a podcast, you can go ahead and uh, if you have any questions, like email me or send anything my way that you would like me to talk about and that's it i'm going to keep it short because i am really excited to have my friend colby sharp on tonight and i'm going to try and guest him in now what's up man how are you i am living the dream how are you sir i'm doing great i just i just made it to this i was walking my dog because he's insane if i don't walk him before this for some reason as soon as i start talking on here like the dog like loses his cool and can't handle like being quiet for an hour so he doesn't want to, he wants you to know that he's the most important thing in your life. He, he you know, he, he makes every dog movie come true. Like every movie where like the dad didn't want the dog, hated the dog. And then like, now we're best friends. It's like, who knew, who knew Beethoven was based on true story. Speaking of dog, are you ready? Yeah. How about we give away a book really fast since you segued perfectly. All right. Can Let's we do, do that? So Let's here go. we have, this is Dog Man, Mr. Reynolds, and it's by Dave Pilkey, who we all know from Kevin Underpan. This is his latest series, Mr. Reynolds, and it done is half dog, half man. So picture a police officer who's dying, a dog who's dying. The only way to save them is to put them together, and you have the ultimate crime-fighting machine. So, Mr. Reynolds, I'm going to let you pick anyone that's involved in this chat and we will send him this book. Does that sound cool? Yes, that's that's an awful lot of pressure, but... I'm all about the books, Mr. Reynolds, and, and you segue perfectly, so we have to give away dog, man. It's a really great-looking book, too. Um, how do you want to... How do you think we should do that? How do you think we should give it away? I think that it should be all on you because I want everyone to like me. And oh, then, all right. Well, that, that works. Um, um, someone... How do I do it? Maybe you could... I'm gonna figure out a way. I'm gonna. Yeah. You're a smart man. I'm gonna figure it out in like ten seconds. Brody, come here. No, I need you now. I'm live. I'm live. People are watching me. Show that you're an obedient son. Come right over. Mar, are you coming over? Mar, come here and pick one of these names on here, and we're gonna give whoever you pick. We're gonna give them a free book. All right. Just point to whichever one stands out to you. The one that has an M. So, Matt Monsoon, uh, he just won that book. That's what Marley picked. I'm going to write his name down. Matt, if you could uh, connect with me somehow, like send me an email or a DM with your address in it, and we will send that out to you. Yes, we will. That was, that was nice. Good See, start, man. There's nothing like giving away books, sir. It's like the most fun thing in the world. Oh. Um, Sorry to mess with you. Could you – so – as we're jumping into this, would you mind saying a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you teach, all that kind of good stuff? Sure. Uh, my name is Colby Sharp. I teach fifth grade. I 
for the last three years, I'm, or last four years, I'm moving to fifth grade. I teach in a teeny tiny town called Parma, Michigan. Uh, one blinking light, no stoplights, it's super small. Um, I teach in the same school that I went to. I can see my parents' house from my classroom, which is nice when you have a bunch of children, they can walk there after school. Uh, I'm the co-founder of the Nerdy Book Club, which is an online reading community. We have a blog, started in 2011. We ran a post actually every single day for like 1,300 straight days, different people, over 800 different people for about 1,300 straight days. Now we're down to a five-day-a-week schedule. Uh, I'm the co-founder of Nerd Camp, which is a literacy event we have in Michigan. I think this year we had 1,400 adults, 55 authors, 1,000 kids. I do a podcast with my friend Travis Yonker, a children's literature podcast. And I have a book coming out in in April called The Creative Project. So that's me. What, say the name of that book again. What is it? It's called The Creativity Project. Creativity. Oh, right. So is this your first book? This is my first book. So it is a collaborative book. It's me and 43 other authors. And what happened was every author sent in two writing prompts. It could be a paragraph. It could be uh, some took a photograph. Some drew a sketch. We took everyone's two prompts and we mailed them to somebody else. And we said, you have these two prompts. One, you have two to five pages in the book, ready, set, go. And everybody took their two prompts, picked one, and then created something awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it was That's really uh... scary. It was really scary because I'm also a contributor. And like writing a piece that you know is going to be next to Kate DiCamillo and Lemony Snicket and Sherman Alexie and John Schumacher. That's really intimidating. So, But it's fun. It's really fun. That's awesome. So is that, how's that going to be available? Will it be like on Amazon and stuff or? Wherever books are sold. What's that? Oh, wherever. Yeah. It's a little, it's uh, published by Little Brown Books for Young Readers. So okay. they'll, it should be in all the bookshops. That's awesome. So well, let's, I want to jump right into to reading. Why, why is reading so important to you? I mean, you spend an awful lot of time talking about it, like being an advocate of it. What, what, when did that start for you and why is it still sticking with you as such a big deal? Well, I, th I think it first started like the seed planted when I was in fifth grade. A student teacher, Mr. Bontrager, uh, who was the first male that I ever saw in the school that wasn't cleaning the floors, um, and he read aloud Hatchet to our class, and it changed my life. Uh, I can still remember I convinced my parents to buy me a hatchet, and I am the most unhandy person. I can't, I can hardly screw a screw or pound a nail. Um, but I had to have a hatchet, and I would go into the school woods every day after school. I would pretend that I was Brian. It and I, I would just be kind of was lost in the wilderness. Um, so that was the first book that that really affected me. Didn't read a ton of high school, got to college, and it was awful. College, like the first year of college, was a disaster because reading was really, really hard. Um, I failed biology, and it wasn't even close. Like I had no chance. Like I even tried. I just couldn't, yeah. I couldn't read it. And then um, I was dating my girlfriend at the time, who was a big reader. She's my wife now, and she introduced me to some books. And I was working third shift. Um, on the weekends at a grocery store, I read every lunch every break. When I got home in the morning, just plowed through this series and um, been a reader ever since. Uh, became a big Dave Ramsey fan. And um, the, my favorite quote that he shares, I think it's Dr. Charles Stanley. I'm not sure. But he says, five years from today, you'll be the same person you are, except for the books you read and the, and the people you meet. And I love that quote because my life 
has absolutely changed by amazing people and reading books. So I want that, that same kind of life-changing experiences for my students. That's awesome, man. I, you know, uh, when you said Hatchet, it reminded me of in fourth grade, my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Pancherson, read My Side of the Mountain to us, yeah. which is very similar. Um, and that was, uh, I just remember coming in from lunch every day, she would turn the lights off in the room and everyone would just kind of like put their head down and just like listen to her read for 20 or so minutes, 30 minutes every day. And it was like one of my favorite parts of the whole day. And I still remember that book very, very vividly. It's um, amazing. I think for a lot of kids, um, a lot of kids that struggle with reading, when they think of reading, they don't think of their teacher reading My Side of the Mountain or they don't think of their teacher reading Hatchet or being lost in Harry Potter. They think about... Um, a parent setting a timer at night. They think about being pulled out of class to get extra help. They think about um, having to listen to their parents be frustrated with them because they're not performing. And you know, even if you're not the best in the world and you're not where you need to be, I think we have to give kids positive memories around reading because any like anything in life, anything you're not good at, you're not going to want to do. And if you're not going to want to do it, you're not going to get any better. So. Yeah, I think that's huge that, you know, the read aloud, that kids are doing that. We live in such an amazing time now with, you know, every author just about out there will Skype with classrooms and author yeah. visits. And it's, it's a really uh, amazing time to be a kid. Oh, I lost you a little bit there. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so Miss May is asking, Miss May, who has the YouTube channel One Fab Teacher, is asking, how do you encourage reading in those who dislike it? What's, what's your take on that in your class? Yeah, I think, well, number one, I think Miss May is like the happiest human in the world. So I would think that anything she would teach, anything she would teach, every kid would like, don't you want to see what her students are like? Like, are they, like, how could you not be happy in that classroom? Like, yeah. how could you not smile all day? Like, like could you go on your parents like, wrong, you like, that's how I watch her YouTube videos. But sorry, uh, her question. I feel like everyone is a reader. I feel that it is like in us as human beings to consume story. And I think one of the biggest things is that kids have access to a lot of books, like thousands of books. I think every kid should have be in a classroom with thousands of books during at least part of their day. So I think that's huge. I think they need choice. I think they need to be able to read what they want. You think about Dave Pilkey. Dave Pilkey spent his elementary days kicked out of class in the hall because he wanted comics and he wanted to comics and his teachers didn't think that was was real reading so he spent his days out in the hall and he was told it wasn't, wasn't real reading when all research shows kids that read comic books and it's beneficial and graphic novels is extremely beneficial so you know, get this kid out the hall and going on and selling like 80 books because he followed that passion so i think the biggest thing is we give kids choice we give them access we let them read whatever the heck they want and we were there for them with support. Like everyone wants story, man. You know that. I mean, everybody loves. I think. I think everyone will love to read if they have a, a lot to choose from. Um, like different mediums, nonfiction, Guinness Book of World Record. You know all those books. I think we gotta. You know what is real reading? Like you don't want to just put kids making books in reading level. Like you know when you're at the library, Mr. Reynolds, do you like search for books in your reading level? Like do you know your reading level? I, I do. It's uh, it's I'm on like a fourth grade reading level, I think, right now. So, I've been teaching ninth grade for so long. I think I might be on it. Actually, mentally, I'm a ninth grader all the time. So, but isn't that ridiculous um, to think of like having to only read books that are like on a certain reading level or like yeah. putting kids in a box? I think 
I, but I think there's also something to say about like, so when I have guys that are particularly low level readers that like are in ninth grade and they're on like a second or third grade reading level, um, the th one of the things I try and look for them is like books that are sort of, uh, that they'll be able to read without really struggling through it. And because I, and that don't make them that aren't obviously on a third grade reading level. Right. So like, I think that's, that can be a tricky thing. And, and, uh, what am I thinking of? So yeah, I do have certain books that like I'll suggest for certain guys. Cause my guys come in and they're like, I don't know what to read. I, I don't even read. I never read a book in my life. And it's like, all right, well I'll order anything you want. Tell me any book that you want. I don't care what it's about largely. I mean, I'm sure there's some weird stuff out there, but, uh, and I, you know, one of my favorite stories is I had a kid last year that was really, uh, <clears throat> interested in the book from the band NWA, uh, the, the hip hop group from the nineties. And so they, he saw this, he saw the movie that straight out of Compton. And then I ordered uh, a book on Dr. Dre for him. And it was the first book that he ever read. And then after that, he was like, well, are there any other books? And I'm like, I'm, I'm sure I'll find stuff. And I was ordering stuff that I'm, I'm certain that like two people read like in history because they just like the cover looked like crap. The binding was really bad. It looked like someone like photocopied papers and pasted them together. But he read all of them. Yeah. And he just, he read all year last year. But I do think it is a little tricky sometimes when kids maybe see what everyone else is reading and then they're really, really struggling through it. And that's that can become like a new... I don't know, like an yeah. obstacle that you have to figure out with the kids. And, especially and, as they get older, especially yeah. as they get older. And one thing that I really like to do with a lot of my kids, too, that maybe aren't quite ready for some of the longer chapter books is I will uh, I'll purchase the Audible version. Yeah. And then they'll sit with, like, the big old headphones and they'll have a copy of the book in one hand. Yeah, iPad sitting next to them and they'll follow Because you can follow along in a book at a lot higher level than you can read independently and I think that really helps them a lot too. It's also yeah. tricky uh, on the flip side at my level, like in elementary, when they're reading like crazy high books because they're nine and they're 10. And you know, yeah. you, you know the books that your kids are reading, like my, I have kids who can read those books, um, but emotionally they're not ready. So that's, that's also a tricky thing. That's so a good point. I never thought of that. That's a good yeah, point. a lot of times we are, I think the gifted and talented research, I've heard Donald and Miller talk, uh, suggests that kids read nonfiction at their intellectual level and fiction at their maturity level. Really interesting. Yeah. So in, in our school, uh, you brought up comic books also. I have two shelves of like all graphic novels or like the condensed, like it's like every spider-man ever written like all condensed together and my guys tear through those and it's really funny because they think they're getting away with something they're like oh i can read a comic book today while everyone else is reading novels and i'm like ah all right yeah go ahead man and then it's like like you said i i really don't care much for what they're reading so long as they're reading for a sustained period of time um to try and like build that that muscle you know that's uh but, so I'm going, to add, I'm going to jump into some questions here from some other viewers as well. Tracy Pinter asked, any suggestions on books for classroom library that are uh, geared towards 7th and 8th grade math concept themes? Math? Like mathematics? Yes. Whoa, that's specific. Uh, um, let, me, let me think about that. Math? What do you mean? Like, 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 like non-fiction math? 
or like a story that has like math in it. I'm not certain. She, my wife is waiting for her to, ha if she, to see if she has a response on that. So I can jump to another one and we can maybe come back to that. But I'm also thinking of, I had students show up last year that said that they didn't like reading, but they really like animals. And I said, all right, well, like, what kind of animals do you like? I like whales. All right. Like, so I start asking them, like, why? Did you ever see a whale or anything? Nope. Just think they're cool. All right. Whales are awesome. Whales. And I, so I just have to start, like, looking up books on whales. And... They really read like every book that I got about whales they read last year. It was really, really, it was That's funny because awesome. they didn't, they were these big, strong dudes that were just like, I just like whales. And I'm like, all right, that's what we'll do. We'll order books about whales. So I just Googled it and ordered everything I could find. Um, That's awesome. Senior mm -hmm. S is asking, what's your most effective strategy for improving students' reading level? Number one strategy, research says time to read we do all of these mad things we can do all of these wonderful small groups all of these wonderful interventions we can do all kinds of amazing we can teach the most amazing lesson in the history of humankind but if we don't give kids time to read they're not going to do it like just think like let's say you have someone who you want to be a really great three-point shooter in basketball and like steph curry can come to your school and steph curry can teach that child exactly everything that Steph Curry does and Steph Curry just shows him and Steph shoots threes and does threes and does all these cool dribbling things and shoots threes and this kid is all on fire to shoot threes and then like two weeks later you give that kid a test on three-point shooting he's gonna suck like if he sucked before he's going to continue to suck because it, you have to practice it is a muscle and like kids need to read and read and read and then they should read some more they should be read aloud to that's also huge I I think that's um, something that goes away to student classrooms and at home, especially. If you have kids at home, read aloud to them as long as humanly possible until they refuse to do it. Because chances are they will let you read aloud to them for so long. Maybe they'll act like they won't, but kids love that. Like kids love that. And that, that conversation that you can have, you can read up in books that are a little more challenging when you're reading aloud. I think reading aloud is huge. And then I think like small group in the classroom but is reading giving them and tons of books like mr reynolds said choice they need to be read, read things that they care about if a kid doesn't like whales and you give them a stack of whale books they're not going to get any better at it so i yeah. think that's that's the biggest thing is time just like everything right you can teach a kid how to do a math problem but they don't practice they're gonna not be able to do that math problem yeah i'd say you know, feeling out that, that length of time as well is really important. So I've noticed in the past where I've had classes that, uh, so our schedule rotates. <clears throat> and it, so every day isn't like periods one through eight. Like the second day might be periods three, six, and seven are in the beginning. So my guys usually, oh, it's, it's really weird. But it's really beneficial because, because typically my classes are calmer in the beginning of the day and the kids are calmer. And by the end of the day, everyone's a little bit more antsy. They don't really have the stamina to sit there. And so I tailor my lessons so that they're doing more sustained silent reading in class when I have them earlier in the day. Like I can get 25 minutes out of guys, sometimes longer depending on the class. But towards the end of the day, I don't require them to read as long because I, because you know, it's the end of the day and I'm just not, and our, our school days are very, very long. They start, we start at eight and we don't get done five so um 
Yeah, it's it's wild. We we go hard in, in West Philly. But um, they so I try and tailor that off at the, at that time. So I think it's important to just like be mindful of like uh, who your students are and what you can get out of them, and then like don't be afraid to push them a little bit further than than they want to go. But uh, but being just being smart about that too, because because yeah. it becomes a punishment also, right? So like if you if I'm making you read for 50 minutes, but you really only have 30 minutes in you, then you're looking around, you're bothering other kids, and I want to have it end. I always try and end things when, like, uh, it's like I know everyone's in the middle of it so that they, like, look forward to it the next time. So it's like, oh, wait, I was just in the middle of a good part. It's like, you better sum it up because we got to move on. Oh, okay. So the, the question before about Matt, this is the answer that she gave back. She said, Math based in some way, nonfiction or a story that involves math. Uh, Denisa McKellar has math books that are amazing, but looking for other suggestions. So anything that's about math, what would you? Yeah, they that uh, they have written like a a younger version. They come out with a younger version of the Hidden Figures book, which is wonderful for kids. So I think that would be a great place to start. You know that Hidden Figures movie? Did you see that? Uh, I did not. The trailer was great, but yeah, but that would be a good one for sure. That's uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna pin that in the comments below, and or I'll link it so that people can just check it out and they don't have to like go looking for it right now. So. Um, little Moss, Moss guy, that's close. Said, what do you think about AR reading to meet a point goal? I think you. This could get interesting. Um, accelerated reader, AR yeah. accelerated reader. Yeah. So what's what did they say about it? Oh, the next post down was do you use it? So can 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 I explain what accelerated reader is really quick in case people don't sure, know? So accelerated reader is a reading, um, I guess, program. And what it is, is books are assigned a level and a point value. And kids um, read a book that has an AR test, and then they take a 10-question multiple-choice test based on the book. And then if they get a certain number of point, uh, questions right, they get accelerated reader points. And a lot of schools then give prizes based on how many accelerated reader points you have. That's accelerated reader. I think accelerated reader is one of the worst things to happen to readers in the history of the universe. I think it's awful. I feel sad for kids who have to be a part of it. There's no research that has any positive effect on kids. Um, the only reason accelerated reader shows that it has a negative effect on student learning. Uh, I hate that kids a lot of times won't select books that don't have an AR test. They feel the pressure to do it. I hate seeing kids at a library, like a public library, looking for books that have an accelerated reader test. I hate when like libraries feel like they have to put levels on the side of a book. Our kids aren't levels. Our kids are human beings. And, and um, I'm guessing like a kid who loved whales in your class, they could have read a book that's higher than their level because they're freaking obsessed with whales. So like for that kid to not be able to read a book that they want to because it's not their level or yeah, or because there's not a test on it. Like a lot of books, like I've had many authors email me 
and asked me if I can like talk to the AR people about making a test for their book because they're going to schools and kids aren't reading their book because they can't get AR points because kids want suckers and kids want pencils and kids want dumb crap because they're kids and they're dumb crap because that's part of being a kid. And yeah. what happens when you take away the prizes? What, what do you think happens with kids when there's no more prizes, when summer's here? Like, do you think they still read? No, most kids are not reading once you start taking away the prizes. Like, I know like teaching, getting every kid to like reading is hard. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things going on. Um, I used to read a thousand books a year, well, mostly kids' books. But I used to read I'm not reading a thousand books. It's a little too distracted. I'm watching, watching the Reynolds Nerf Wars on YouTube. I'm watching, watching the Reynolds visit Gary Vaynerchuk at VaynerMedia downtown NYC. I'm watching Miss May smile on her videos. I'm watching Casey Knight. So I'm, I get it. I'm distracted too. Um, but accelerated reader is not, I don't think it's the answer. I think it's bad for kids. I think that all that money should be used to buy more books for kids, more whale books, stuff like that. What about, uh, Miss May is asking about iStation? I've never heard of iStation. I don't know. You don't know what it is? I don't know what it is. I don't, I'm I know that the only, if it's a reading program, there's only one reading program that has had like positive success time after time again that research backs it up and that's reading recovery. And what reading recovery is, that's for like really young kids, like first graders, is they are taken out of class and they're giving very, very detailed and intense one-on-one or one-on-one instruction for like six, eight weeks with a highly trained professional. And that is the only reading program that works. That's it. So if it's a reading program and you wonder if it's good, if it's not reading recovery, I mean, it's not, it's not, yeah. yeah, um, it's intense. That's, uh, and it's very controversial. Like reading accelerated reader is very controversial. People who run it have a lot of it like crazy, their schools, um, and reading's tricky, right? Like we want to be able to give a grade, like, like teachers like feel the pressure to give grades. And it's a really easy way to give a kid a grade. Like if a kid reads a book, like, how do you know if they got it? I mean, I get it. You have 28, 30, 32 kids in your class. It's hard. Um, so I get that part. Like, it's an easier way to grade, but it's not helping kids become better readers. So, no, I don't use yeah. it. Um, we've had it in my school, and I just, when the, when the, uh, we don't have it in the lady, like, would come around with prizes, like, walk in my room with her, like, prize cart, and she would look at her list, and, like, none of my kids had taken a, taken a test. So she would just walk out. My kids would be like, what is she always walking in here with these treats? She's like a really super old retired teacher, wonderful lady. Um, but yeah, we didn't, we didn't do that. <laughs> Why doesn't she ever give us that stuff? Why doesn't she <laughs> I just want to bounce you It's like I'm an ice cream truck just driving by my house real quick. Stopping um, first, like stopping and like, yeah, getting, yeah. Like, yeah. Look at this, look what I got. You know, we we have that program in my school as well, and I, and I don't do it. But, you know, even thinking of reading programs, I, I you kind of hit on this. There's not a lot of research to back up most of the ones that I've looked up for for my students. When I had, like, someone that was particularly struggling, I wasn't really sure what to do, uh, or, you know, we didn't have – I didn't have – I don't always have the resources. Like, our school is not a very well-funded school, and so we don't always have resources. And so I, I started looking into things, but everyone talks about their program like it's that's the one. But when you start saying like, all right, well, like 
what did they find? Or like, let me find um, users that have used this that, that are commenting. It, it's just that that information is not there that I found. And it makes it very, very difficult to like even find the volume of something because they can make a really great commercial, but I don't know if their program is any good. Yeah, I think the key is to read really great books written by teachers who've had a lot of success. Like if you're teaching young kids, I'd read everything that Debbie Miller has written. Uh, she, like I would read her books when she was a first grade teacher and I'd be like, I would feel like the greatest teacher ever if I could get my third graders to do what this woman could do with her first graders. Like she's that legit. Another segue, Mr. Reynolds, as we talk about the reading zone by Nancy Atwell. Let's give this one away. This is one of the greatest books ever written for reading workshop. Uh, what is the subtitle? How to help kids become passionate, skilled, habitual, critical readers. I read this book every single summer. It's just phenomenal. It really helps you think about how to develop readers, how to build readers. This is great for like uh, upper middle, upper elementary middle school into high school. If you are a middle school teacher or elementary, also Donald and Miller's The Book Whisperer is absolutely a must read. That's the only other book that I read every year. If you are a high school teacher, there are two books that will change your, they will change your freaking life. And the first one is Read Aside by Kelly Gallagher. It will absolutely blow your mind. And Book Love by Penny Kittle. Those two books, and they're, they are actually really good friends and they really push each other to be better. Uh, but those two books are unreal. What Penny Kittle can do with high school readers, and she does this amazing thing. Mr. Um, Rounds, I'll send you her YouTube video. But she, at the end of the year, she takes a picture with her high school students with all of the books that they've read. And they're the same yeah. thing. I've read one book, I've read two books. And they will hold like 43 giant books in their hand or 24, or a kid will hold 13. And they've read zero books in high school. And then they're in her class as a junior. So I think that's the program. And I get, like, I get that as teachers, it's hard and teaching reading is, it's not, it's not easy, especially when kids are struggling and especially when your school expects you to do accelerated reader or we have reading street at our school. That's the program that I hide in my cupboard. Um, I hope no one is, no, I have permission for my principal. Um, but we're moving away from that as a school because it just doesn't work. Like, and the things that like do work with our reading, teachers and kids are learning to read amazing teachers now using that program yeah you know i i think there's something to say too about when there's just not access to really good books i mean we kind of touched on this before where but i i am lucky enough to be in a school where even with the limited funds that we have and instead of funding a library which we have no room for because like every nook and cranny in my school has something being kept there uh the school gives us an allowance every year and we're allowed to order any books that we want. So I order both things that I found or things that have been suggested to me. And then I have a, a box in my room where the kids can find any book they want. They write it down and then they give it to me and I'll order anything that you want for you. You don't have to pay for it. And that is really wonderful, but I don't, I don't, a lot of emails that I get from other teachers are like, well, what do I do when I don't have that? Like, you know, we have, the, the old book closet at school that has, you know, high school favorites in it, like Lord of the Flies and the Odyssey and Fahrenheit 451, but we don't have access to like new books or interesting books. And so that can be tough too. I mean, I think donors choose is one option, but that's, I think just a hard thing for teachers to like get a hold of very good books sometimes. 
Yeah, Penny Kittle, who was one of the teachers that I mentioned just a second ago, she has um, what's called the Book Love Foundation. And each year, what they do is they give book, they classroom libraries to, it's like it's a classroom library grant. It's a $3,800 to help build your classroom library. And I think they gave 10, 12, 14 last year. So they're continuing to give more each year. It's an amazing thing. So definitely go to the book club. I'll put it, I just put the link in the little chat. Yeah, there it is. Look at okay. that multitasking. I know. You, you have a freaking assistant during this. I do. I do. I have an extra. I have like an extra set of hands, and she can multitask like crazy. Like I'm, I'm still waiting for her to have like the Gatorade bottle with the straw, and you don't even have to like move to get it. Just like sprays it in your mouth. Like I've been waiting for that this game. Oh, <laughs> can get his own drink of water, folks. He's good. Yeah, she's my corner manager. Don't like forget. To, well, make sure she gives this book away. We have to give this one away. That's an important yeah. book. Um, let's pick. All right, I'm gonna pick Pink the Sleepy Teacher for that second book. Um, or she's on here. Oh, uh, second book. Oh, she's got happy. It. Yes, she you got it, Kate. It's going, it's, it's, gonna change, it's gonna change your life, Kate. Be ready. I hope so. I'm gonna ask her about it after she she reads it. Uh, next question is the learn learning about our life. Says, any suggestions on how to promote reading during math and science lessons, high school level? I want to figure out a way to promote reading during my lessons. I have a class library for them to borrow. Now that's really interesting because we're, we're always talking about reading across the curriculum and trying to get other subject levels to, to read in school, but, um, but finding time to do that. Uh, I don't know. Well, I have my own opinion on this, but what do you think? What would you do? What do I think? I think the biggest thing you can do as an adult that wants to encourage reading in your classroom or anywhere is the biggest thing is to share your own reading life. Like if you're a math teacher, chances are you're really interested in math. So like, what are you reading in math? Like, are you reading a math journal? Are you reading a magazine? Are you reading a biography about mathematicians? Are you reading uh, Fiction. I think sharing your reading life with kids is huge. A lot of high schools have a lot of success with reading and promoting reading outside of their own class. They decorate their doors. Like each teacher will decorate their door with like a theme of what they read. And yeah, the English teacher or the science teacher, they might have all kinds of fiction, like the traditional books that you would expect them to read. But maybe I've seen it where the teachers have Sports Illustrated, the magazine, or they printed out articles from an online source, just whatever it is that you're reading. I think that's huge. Um, kids will read what we bless. Kids will read, you know, I have probably 2,500 books in my class. The most popular books are always the ones that I read and the ones that I talk about. So I think as a math teacher, number one, you have a classroom library and that's amazing and you should be applauded and given a raise because that's awesome and I appreciate that you put the time in to do that. Um, but just talk, talk about your reading. Um, my wife was a high school chemistry teacher for 10 years and she began, I think it was every Friday, reading a picture of the kids like and that sounds like reading a picture book to high school kids and she said they absolutely loved it and it builds community uh, the conversations that you can have around that like when a high school chemistry teacher 
with all of her heart and soul is reading a group of 30 17 year olds pete the cat with all kinds of excitement it i mean it changes your classroom culture i mean especially when you're reading pete the cat i think because he's such a cool dude i mean with the groovy buttons yeah and his new shoes i mean that's those are great books uh we I, they're, they're taxing books sometimes because i find that when i read to my children uh i always use voices and then every time I read to them, they want me to, they're like, dad, that's not the exact voice. I'm like, listen, I can't remember all the voices all the time. It's too much Trick stuff. You know? you know, you know, the, the guy who read the audiobooks for Harry Potter, I think his name is Jim Dale. He's like the greatest audiobook reader ever. He had a voice for every single character in that series. And, yeah. he, nev and he never broke voice. Like he never, everyone was spot on. So it, I think you can I think you can handle Pete the Cat, Ronalds, if this dude can handle every hair. It's not like you're doing Game of Thrones or something. They get tricky. They get, yeah, yeah, they get tricky. Um, you know, one of the things that we do in our school that's really fun is we'll have uh, a bulletin board and we have covers of the books with little a little synopsis next to it to tell the kids what the book was about. And the kids can lift the cover up and they can see the teacher's picture underneath. And so the idea here is like guess which teacher is reading what book and a lot of times they're really surprised but we try not to just stick to the english department with that but everyone that's that's reading books in the school and it just i think it reinforces that idea as well and every week we have a independent reading day every wednesday because we have half day every wednesday so we just read the entire day i read with the boys every week and i'm always talking about like what book i'm reading or why i'm excited or what's happening in the book and then I have them do the same thing too. I, I think having students talk about what books they're reading and as soon as they're done, like, well, what was your protagonist doing? Or what's like one of the conflicts that happened? Or what, what do you think is going to happen next? Like, tell us a little bit about your book. And that has legitimately gotten kids excited before about, well, yo, I want to check that Reynolds. Can you order another one of that book? Or like, I want to read that book next. And I just make a little note. Yep. Done. Like I'll, I'll make sure that you get it. So I think, those students drumming up excitement for the books too, which can be Absolutely. awesome, especially when you have someone that does not really like reading, you know, shouting out a book and saying that's great. It's like, that's pretty much the best thing that could happen in my classroom. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, they're going to move on and they're going to have different teachers and they're going to have different adults and kids. So, so like, yeah, I'm the reading guy, but if, if when my kids leave, anyone else talks about then i failed them because i i need to be a scaffold to getting them to find books but like having each other they're going to travel with each other the next grade in the neighborhood on their bicycles so we absolutely i think and then the the thing that you said like on wednesdays you spend time reading with your students yeah i mean that's huge because you could be conferencing with them you could be meeting with a small group you could be Maybe you could be doing a million things that they know you have to do, but you're taking the time and showing them that reading is important and reading is something that you value. And they see an adult, they, they see what it looks like for someone to read. Like they're, they're glancing up at you. If they're not reading, they're glancing up on you to make sure that they're not getting in trouble. So yeah. like they're seeing an adult read and what that looks like. I do the same thing at least once a week. And it was hard for me because I'm like, I should be meeting with this kid. If I, if I read for 10 minutes, that's two less kids I get to sit with and read with yeah. but overall that that's an investment in our class that i want them to see because they might not see an adult reader in their life 
Like Reynolds, when you sit there and read, that might be the first time they've seen an adult read in years, maybe ever see an adult read for pleasure. And they need yeah. to see that, or how are they gonna, how are they gonna see themselves as readers if they don't have any mouse? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you're modeling it for them. I find that when I read, when I don't, so there, there will be times when like, I don't know, something comes up and, and the office is like, we need this done right away. We have a, you know, a kid's meeting coming up, right? So I'm doing work at my desk. I, the behavior is way different too. If I'm reading with everyone, everyone's typically as calm as I am. And I always place myself strategically in the class. So I'm behind like the kid who can't pay attention for more than five seconds. But um, if I'm not, if I'm, if my attention is elsewhere, so is theirs. They don't read as, as well in my class if I'm not reading with them. I'm doing this. Okay, so my wife's saying that this, uh, this question goes with this idea that we're talking about. Uh, Detroit teacher asked. Yeah, Detroit uh, teacher. 20 years in the game. See, I got, I'm going to uh, represent right here. You see? Oh. <laughs> right here. That's right. That's cheating, man. You just got extra points. Uh, what, what grade does Detroit teacher teach? Detroit teacher I, needs a book. I can assist. She's watching. My wife's going to look for it. I forget. Detroit teacher, you get a free book. We'll figure out a book based on what you teach. Anyways, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. This That's is fine. My... So she's at, I mean, you're interrupting her question to give her free stuff. So I think that is acceptable. Uh, the question is, or the state, it is, it's not any curriculum that's the issue. It's the fact that most of my students don't read for pleasure outside of school. I, yeah, yeah. And it, it, she's, my wife is saying that you because you were talking about modeling that kind of like goes to that. And I think, yeah, I think it does absolutely have to be modeled and, and have someone like be excited about it. Someone that the students are looking up to that's really pumped about this because that kind of stuff spreads. I didn't read anything when I was younger and not until a friend, and I was sort of that guy that was really proud of it too. Like, oh, I never read a book in my life. And my remember my friend saying, that's the dumbest damn thing I ever heard. And his opinion meant a lot to me. And I remember it was kind of like, we, we didn't have that relationship where we like even made fun of, of one another. It was a very kind relationship. And I just remember, I felt like it, I got punched and it was like, he sent me home with books. And I remember that's why I started reading because it meant a lot to me that someone who I cared about thought it was important for me. So it made me start checking out books and, that, and that's how I got into it. Um, it's a long game, right? So I think in like we care so much we care so much about the kids that we have and we we sometimes think like we and we, we want to fix every every problem that we see that like day or that week or that year and and sometimes it's a longer game than that like sometimes it's like you Reynolds like it took a long time for me it was college like I read a book in fourth grade that I loved I enjoyed the giver in school and it was college yeah. but you know what I saw my dad every day. I saw the amazing woman, this beautiful woman reading all the time. You know, it, it, I, it took time. So, and that's and hard. I mean, you no, know, maybe that's <laughs> but, but I think sometimes, and my principal's really big on always saying they're not your kids, they're our kids. And like, we have to start thinking about the students in our school being ours. Like she looks at, teacher and she goes you can't meet the needs of every single one of your students this year by yourself 
It's not possible. It's not going to happen. If you try, you will fail. But yeah. we, as a collective group, we can do it. So I think you just have to keep books in there in front of them. You have to keep giving them access. Let them take books home. Books are going to not come back. You have to be okay with that. But understand, like, yeah, they're. they're Kids who aren't going to read, and it might not be because they don't want to. It might be because they have to go home and they have to take care of their brother, or they have to go home and and their mom puts them in front of the TV because that's all that she can do right now because she's trying to take care of them, or because they have to go to football practice and band practice, and like, it's hard, man. Like my kids at home, my kids read, sure, but but they're busy and it's hard sometimes. So, I think sometimes we have to, you know, control what we can control and control and we can make sure the time to read when they're with us and if we work hard enough and they find that right book they find that hatchet they find that the one and only ivan they find that because of when dixie they find that dog man or captain underpants then maybe maybe it'll stick i was at a conference um cj uh last month in seattle and uh dave pilkey was there the dog man author yeah and i was i was so I was getting my key. Always leave my key in my hotel room, always on accident. So I was getting a key, and the lady that was working behind the desk, she's probably like 22, 23 year old woman, she was like, Did you know that Dave Pilkey is here in this hotel? Dave Pilkey is here. And it was just, so she was, I grew up on Captain Underpants. I'm a reader now because of those books. It was so cool to see. And then I was able to go and get a copy of Dog Man. Signed into her, and you would have thought that I gave her like a car. Like it was like Ellen, and like everyone was getting a car. Oprah, whoever gives away the cars, like it felt like that because it was a book that she had connected in her heart. And I could do it for ten dollars, and I could give her this book, and it and it's something that you know she probably this twenty-four-three-year-old woman went home from working at this fancy hotel in Seattle and read Dog Man, probably not novel. Man, so it's those moments with readers, like I don't know, you know, you know how it is. You see a kid, yeah. you see you see anybody that you can help with something. You see kids who aren't in your class, anything yeah. that you can do. I mean, if you're if you are sitting on YouTube right now, instead of the million other things you have to do, chances are you're a darn good teacher and you care tremendously because you're not here to stare at Reynolds and Sharp's pretty faces. Like you are here because you want to get better at what you do. Amazing, right? Like, yeah. you see all these comments, you see all these people who are choosing to be here and better themselves. So, chances are, if you're here, you're gonna and you stick with it, you're gonna figure out, you're gonna figure out how to help that kid, and that kid will love reading. Yeah, now find their dog, man. That's that's a great. I'm so pumped, huh? This gets me. I'm ready for school now. Let's go. And that's what all the uh, that's what all the comments are saying that people are pumped up for school as well. Uh, Let's do. The next one is Little Mosky. I'm really sorry. I apologize. I love, that's the best part of it. I think, I know you're really good at all the editing. I would love after you've done like a hundred of these, if you would do one of those like quick edit, little quick edit videos. This will yeah. take you like a million, a million, where like it's just you botching usernames. That would be amazing. Yeah, it's like when- That would go viral. Someone did that Casey, uh, I, I'm back at the airport video, but it'll be Reynolds ruining people's names and breaking their self-esteem. Um, I would, 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 I would
what do you guys think about literature circles? What activities do you do with kids uh, during lit circles? Um, I, I don't have a problem with lit circles. I don't do them um, uh, regularly, I will say. I, it happens sometimes. But a lot of that is like, I, I just have found other ways that I, that I do things and it's just not something that I do. Uh, do you do them in fifth grade? You know, the, I'm not a huge literature circle person because it's, well, number one, it's really hard for me to manage it's like really overwhelming to manage yeah. all of these different things. And I think it's really hard as a reader sometimes because, you know, like you want to read the whole book. Like you don't want to sit around and wait for everyone to finish. So I think that's tricky. Uh, Smoke Daniels wrote like the book on literature circles a while ago. And he's actually kind of gone back and, and talked a little bit about how like some of the teachers went kind of crazy not crazy, somebody kind of went overboard with all of the activities during it. So yeah. one thing that I, I really like to do is maybe have like a mixed group of kids all reading like the same genre. So let's say we're studying historical fiction. So I'll get like a ton of historical fiction, uh, set the historical fiction books out, we'll kind of peruse them. And then I'll meet with a group that has read uh, they've all read a historical fiction book and then we can kind of all talk about this like the different things that we notice in in um in that historical fiction so they can really understand that genre more or they can see how we can talk about how the author built the setting for us how what historical pieces were tied in the conflict the resolution like all that stuff uh, i really like doing that when kids are all reading a book that's like a same genre or a same author and we can kind of compare and contrast with that i think those for me personally with my skills as a teacher we have a lot uh, more effective conversations because that's what i'm good at but i know some teachers are killer on literature circles and i wish they would come and run some in my classroom i would pay them, yeah. I, would give them I would give them free books <laughs> is that that's your currency is that how you pay for things in town too you just like go to the store and you're like hey here's a book um oh, some, oh. I, yes yeah, there's a ahead. comment that's a comment do i just type in my answer go ahead do whatever you, Nathan Nathan while, while you're doing that i'm going to say that um, i think that literature circles can be really tricky if you don't have classroom management um and classroom management i think is surprisingly easier when you are doing like sustained like sustained periods of time where the kids are just reading quietly because everyone has to be quiet. If someone's not being quiet, they stand out like a sore thumb. And so I think it becomes easier. And that's actually one of the things that, uh, I wouldn't say I do flexible seating in my classroom necessarily, but I, when their kids are reading, they can sit anywhere yeah. they want, lay anywhere they want, like position themselves in whatever way they think is going to help them succeed. Whereas literature circles, again, you're like, everyone's sitting around together and you're right. like. If somebody reads super fast and they're done and now you're waiting for the kid that's slow and growing yeah. up, I, I think I think I teach to, to who I was when I was a kid a lot of times, which is I read very slow. I still I still do most things slow, which is why my wife gets mad at me when I wash dishes and 45 minutes in just says, just get out of the way, I'll finish them. Uh, but I read slow on purpose. I, I've learned as I've gotten older because I, I like to digest, that's the way I like to digest what I'm reading. But when you read slow and everyone else is reading fast, you just end up 
not finishing or pretending that you finished. And then that's not benefiting you at all when that happens. Yeah. So I think we kind of... And I, I like the idea, like, when you are doing literature circles, maybe that, like, you'd be like, hey, we're going to be... We're going to meet tomorrow, or we're going to meet in two days, so give the kids plenty of time, and let's let's all have read to this part. If you want to read on, feel free to read on, but we're only going to discuss to this part. That way they're not reading like with their friends all sitting there. They're kind of reading on their own. If they need to take it home, they have that choice. If they want to take it home and reread it, they have that choice. Defin I, I'm not a fan of like us all sitting together and reading that, um, and definitely not like bouncing around each kid reading and help it because that stinks. That's hard. Yeah. Uh, PC Moffat is asking, Colby, are you familiar with, oh, this is not, I think we talked about this already. Are you familiar with iStation reading? No, um, I, it keeps coming up. It makes yeah. me nervous. Yeah, a lot of people are asking this. Wife, you got one wrong. In 15 shows, you got, you got one wrong. This is Oh, show. 16 show. My bad. Um, <laughs> so ironic. Lucretia Bratton? I'm going to just go with Bratton. Uh, asked, what about the book clubs after school or before school begins each day? Uh, you know, I love, first of all, I just want to say, I love everyone's ideas that they have. And I, and I think, you know, for me, I think it, a lot of that comes down to like what, what works for you? Like, what are you, what do you think you can handle? What are you excited about? What are you willing to do? Like maybe not everyone's not willing to come in early or stay late after school to talk about books. Maybe uh, that's not really your gig, but like, what are you finding that's gonna work well for you? Have you done book clubs in school or otherwise? Yeah, we've done them at school. A lot of times when we do them at school, we do them at lunch time just because we don't want transportation to be a barrier to kids participating in book clubs. Yeah. And um, we uh, let the kids pick the book. Like sometimes it's like a student, like my principal ran one last year and it was a student run book club and they would meet in her office once a week and she would be there and she would be the book, but they set the rules. They like would have the initiation process that almost felt like a sorority. It was very awkward for fourth graders. Um, but yeah, and the, the thing too with book clubs, like as adults, some of us book clubs are for us. For some kids, it's not. So I think book clubs are a great way for kids to try that out because you know the adult book clubs for a reason. People crave stories. There's nothing in the world like talking about a book you love with someone else who loves that book. Like stories. Kate D. Camille was the, the ambassador for young literature. Uh, the previous one. Um, and her, her like position statement or I don't know, motto was stories connect us. And she spent two years traveling the country talking about how we're all connected through the power of story. And so I think book clubs can be a really powerful, powerful thing to build community. They can build friendships and build readers. So yeah, I'm all for book clubs. And if you want to come for school or after school, thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing that for your readers. It's awesome. Do you, do you do all... I mean, how much new stuff do you kind of venture into each year in terms of reading uh, and changing your curriculum or the way that you are teaching what you're teaching? Is it vastly different? It, I mean, do you, do you change anything at all? I mean, yeah, I, change, I don't even I don't even save things anymore because I just would never use them again. So like, like we switched like we're switching like one system 
way of saving our files to another, and they're like, let's transfer your files. I'm like, no, that's, I'm cool. I'm good. Like, I'm just gonna, because it's all about like, what are your kids, like I have beliefs. Like I believe that teaching reading, you should model every day. You should model something that a reader does. That's my mini lesson. I feel like kids should practice it. So that's their independent reading. I feel like kids should talk about it. We book talk, they talk with partners, they talk in small groups. I feel like they should talk to the whole class. We should book talk. Read aloud, one of the most important parts of the day. Yeah, I, I, like those are like my core beliefs as a teacher, but in terms of the lessons, um, those are yeah way different every year based on the kids, based on um, the new books. Like a lot of times a new book will come around a lot. I, like, so read aloud is like the greatest thing ever, like for an elementary teacher. Like we all love to read aloud. That's probably why we're elementary teachers. Yeah. Uh, and I, so in third grade, I always read Kate Millow's Because of Winn-Dixie. I read Catherine Applegate's The One and Only Ivan because I believe those are two of the three greatest books ever written for kids. You can throw Charlotte's Web in there, which I never have been able to read aloud to kids because uh, the second grade teacher jerks, they did that. And I never got to experience that. I wanna, I wanna experience that with kids. Like I wanna experience Charlotte dying. I wanna like see kids cry over experience it. So read aloud is huge, but I would always switch. Um, you know, a lot of times I'll read a first book, the first book in a series because that will get kids excited about that author or that series, so they'll want to read the rest. Or anytime we're starting like a new genre, uh, I'll read a fantasy if we're studying fantasy or historical fiction. So we can have those whole class concepts. A lot of times a mini lesson is centered around a shorter piece of text, like a picture book, a short story, an article. Uh, page or two in um, a nonfiction story. Uh, so Miss May is asking, what, how do you feel about the Daily Five? Yeah, I think the Daily Five is it's a great, it's a framework. So it's like, I will forget them all. It's like read to each other, read to self. Uh, so yeah, I think that the Daily Five is great. Those those cafe people, the Daily, that's like, yeah, it's one of the best selling books ever written about reading for a reason. It's really good. It's great. Um, so, daily five. I like to do I like to do little hand gestures for days not looking because it's funny, and then he doesn't get to see that stuff. So like when he turns away, like it, yeah. It's like when I was recording the other day, my dog kept coming up behind me, and I would turn like right after he left, and then I'm I'm editing, and I'm like, oh, you were behind me. The dog was behind me. I saw your dog on this on the steps, yeah, or on the door and the screen doors, yeah. And then I thought he was like not there, and then every time I turned around, he wasn't there. He's sneaky, man. He's like a ninja dog. He, he, he's um, worried you're abandoning him for the camera. Yep, probably. Or he's wondering what was he talking to? I'm not. I'm not even talking. To, he's talking to himself. Because That's I funny. do talk to my dog sometimes. What are you What are you particularly excited about this year coming up? Uh, as we're like getting closer to the school year starting, and people are begrudgingly looking at the school year and like tweeting about it. Uh, what What are you pumped up about? I am. Well, number one, I've never in my life taught students multiple times. Uh, I taught fourth grade for six years, and then I taught third grade for four years. So I've never moved up. So this year I'm moving from third to fifth, and I am so intrigued by what it's going to be like to teach fifth graders that I had when they were third graders. So I'm, and I, I know you do that, right? You've taught kids. This is my first year that I'll do that. So I'm moving uh, with my ninth graders to tenth grade, and then. 
from now on I'll teach kids in ninth grade and then I'll they'll loop and then I'll have them in tenth grade again. Yeah, so that's one thing that I'm really excited about. I think that'll be fun. Um, I have all of the books in my class, it feels like. So, like, the kids are always coming back when they're in fourth and fifth grade getting books. So I think it will be fun to actually be their, their teacher in the classroom again. So I'm really I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to being in, I'm in a totally different hallway in my school. So I'm looking forward to getting to know the other teachers a little bit better. It's really easy to just kind of know your team. So I'm excited to learn from some new teachers. Uh, I feel like I owe so much of who I am as a teacher to the people I teach next to. Um, so I'm excited to learn with them. I am excited, I'm gonna teach, ooh, I was never going to do this, but I'm team teaching this year. So I'm gonna be teaching half day language arts, half day language arts. So I'm gonna be 50 teacher. So because of that, I felt comfortable enough since it's just a half day to teach my son so i'm going to teach my son for a half day which it could be really fun or it could be a disaster so i'm really curious wow. how, you know uh but i'm excited like i would never do that if it was like all day i think that's just too much and i think it would be hard on both of us but i'm really excited to uh to do that i have a new classroom so new classroom design really i like you like i'd be flexible seating that sounds really fun but I feel like I need to take some baby steps. I'm worried I would lose a kid. Like, like I know where to like look like we're all over the room all the time, but like we, we have like a home base. Like I will be like, like if we get to flexible seating, I will be like, where's Johnny? Where's Joe? Where's Beth? Like I will lose children. And they will just be like, and they'll be like right in front of me. I'm used to them sitting here and now they're here. Yeah. That'll stress me out. You're losing hotel keys. You're losing children. I'm seeing a theme coming up around this i know where, uh, i know where my phone's at that's what's important yeah because yeah. it's, it's always in my hand uh, yeah. yeah you know i think that's really that's exciting and, and you've brought up a couple of times th this idea of like uh the community of teachers that you're a part of and how important that is to you when you're teaching and i, I was just talking to someone about this today how like teachers were often like pulled up in their room and uh and not talk to other people they get like inundated like there's so much work to be done that the and the work is never finished and so you don't reach around you and share ideas or i've worked with teachers that can be really stingy about their ideas too right like so some people are really giving and open and talking about what they're teaching and other folks are like nope this is uh yeah. you're gonna try to steal my idea and one of the best relationships i ever had my old department head, uh, Randy Rebuy, who was on this show a few weeks ago, he and I used to drive to school and talk about like, well, here's what I'm teaching today. Here's how I'm going to teach it. And then we would just share ideas back and forth. And it was really wonderful because it, it also lent itself to when the kids went into 10th grade, they, he, it, it was a more seamless transition because it was the both of us like yeah. working together the whole time. What's that? There's a quote like, we stand on the shoulders of giants. I don't know like, like there's many people who have done such amazing things that either we mine or that are in our schools or our principals when they were teaching like yeah we need to be our own our own person our own teacher but like if we don't learn from others we're fools because they're so they have so much to offer like our school we've had like no one retired for like the whole four years i was there and then we've in the last two years we've lost five teachers and this is a small school like less than 20 teachers yeah. we've lost like 130 years
years of experience is terrifying. Like, yeah, some great new teachers, and that's wonderful, but like to lose all that experience and to lose all that knowledge, and I mean, you can't replace that. That's, I mean, it takes time. You can't. So I'm really thankful to have it taught with such wonderful people. Definitely done so much for me. Here they come. Um, Detroit teacher said that she's teaching third grade this year, and she's asking Michigan, do you reside in? This is what we do in Michigan. We do. I can't tell if it's like reversal. Let's say this is Detroit down here, Flint. I am like Lansing. I'm south of Lansing near Jackson County. Is that backwards? I can't tell if that's backwards or not. Uh, you now is backwards. Everything's backwards. It's really weird. So if I think I have to fix my hair on this side, it's actually it's. Better. So I'm like I'm, I'm I'm like right here, south of Lansing. East of Detroit, West Rapids. Right at four I ninety four. That will make sense at to her. I have no idea what any of that meant. I know Flint, Michigan, just from that Michael Moore movie, but that's not <laughs> that Michael Moore movie. That's the extent of my knowledge about it. You should but, come visit, man. You should come to Nerd Camp next year. You know, I'm talk I have this crazy idea where next summer I'm gonna do a road trip and meet all the people that I've talked to on YouTube uh, and just drive around the country for the summer. All right. So we have a conference in Michigan, fourteen hundred educators from forty two states. It's it's amazing. It's two amazing days, it'll blow your mind, Reynolds. It's zero dollars. It costs zero dollars to come. That does intrigue me. And not only is it zero dollars, but we open up the college dorms. You can stay in college dorms, like kicking it old school, like 20 bucks a night. That is not my hand right there. That is- And, and your wife and kid can stay in the dorm with you. We can all stay in the dorm together. That's that's all. I do stay at the dorms at Penn State University every year for the Latin competition, and that's pretty sweet also. There you go. Sweaty boys in there. So there nice. Well, listen, man, we're at about an hour. Um, could you tell people real quick where they can find you on social media and, and uh, before I let you go? Yes, you can find me at Colby Sharp, at Colby Sharp, the two cheeses, just like I heard, but that's what my mother did to me. Thank you, Mom. Uh, you can find me like that anywhere. Uh, Colby Sharp on Twitter, Colby Sharp on Instagram. Colby Sharp was taken on the internet, so it's MrColbySharp.com. Uh, and if you want to email me, you want to talk about books or something, it's colbysharp at gmail.com. When you have a weird name like that, you get to have all of names, which is nice. Yeah. Reynolds, it is taken by everyone. So I had to make up some nonsense to put on that. Um, right. Oh, people are asking you, quick, when, the, when the conference is before you, before you do that. When is the conference? Folks are asking. It's um, like... July 9th and 10th or 10th and 11th, whatever that Monday and Tuesday is after the 4th. I'm okay. not sure. But the Monday and Tuesday, and it will sell out, like, which is weird to say because it's, we only have so much space and so much room, so we sold out this year. Awesome, man. That's amazing. I didn't realize it was that big. Where do you sign up for it? Just uh, February 1st. February 1st. Can you say that one more time because you broke up a little bit? Yeah, I'll put it in the little thing. Nerdcamp, M-I for Michigan.com. Oh, wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> that was taken too. Nerdcamp, M-I.Weebly.com. Weebly. Okay. You could put that in the show notes, maybe. I will. I will. Put maybe your assistant can help you out with that. 
That's, um, that's it. My wife's writing it down now. Um, cool. What'd you have in your hand there? One to give away. Let's do it. And what's very exciting is this is an amazing book. It's the second book in a series. It's by Jess Keating, an amazing author. She's actually a zoologist and she lives in Canada, which is, it's fun. Canada's a cool place. Uh, and this book, What Makes a Monster? It's a nonfiction picture book, The World of Weird Animals. All these crazy animals, like a and the honey badger makes an appearance in here, the vampire bat. But it's just absolutely beautifully designed. Let me show you an animal. Look how fun. I mean, it's kind of terrifying. But yeah, and like yeah. all of these like text features are really cool. Some neat, neat information there. And this book, it is, which is very excited. And if we were in fifth grade right now, we would sing because this book came out today. So we would sing happy birthday to this book. So we're not going to sing happy birthday because that would be weird as a bunch of adults on YouTube singing happy birthday to a picture book the day it comes. So we'll give it away, Mr. and Mrs. Reynolds. So, I will let you, if you can just send me the addresses or emails of the people who I'm giving books away. Awesome. Um, we'll do. Um, we, gave, we gave away three books. Quick. I'm here. How are you here? Kids, pick out one more person to win a book. Pick one of these people on here. I get to choose Everyone else is disappointed to be Oh, the suspense is killing me. Go ahead. That one? Oh, that's Brenda. Deb, Brenda, Della, Vestia. Um, I've been getting to know Brenda online, so that's cool. I'm glad to be able to. That's awesome. Cool. I'll send your, I'll, if Ryan, if you could, or Ryan, Reynolds, Ryan, Ryan CJ. Ryan. Why not? Uh, if you if you also resend me your address, I'll send I'll send those awesome kids of yours a book too. Awesome! You hear that? Yeah, of course. You know too. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for for, for really really appreciate. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Um, and you know, it's funny like it's funny that just because of YouTube, like I get to meet all these really interesting people and. Um, and you're definitely one of them. Like, I've been looking forward to talking with you on, on you now for, for some time just because, like, we've talked through Twitter and other stuff. And yeah. it's just cool to be able to, like, actually hear someone's voice and have a conversation with them. So, I'm really glad. I'm really glad that you. I'm really glad that you don't suck. Because sometimes you meet I'm people and they're not, not as cool as you thought. Yeah, so I you try, get two thumbs up. I try not. So, good, I'm sorry for saying that word. I, I shouldn't have said that word with your kids around. It's not like. A bad, it's not a good word. No, my kids live in uh, a pretty tough neighborhood, so it's okay. like lots of airplanes. You know. yeah. <laughs> lots of airplanes, so and racist, crazy neighbors. So, uh, you know, that's how, that's how we do it around here. Um, right. but thanks so much for being on, man. I really appreciate it. I'll Happy talk reason. to you soon. Yeah, see you later. All right, that's it. If you have any other questions, leave them in the comment section below, and we will get to them there. Thanks, guys, so much. Really, really appreciate it every single time. Say peace. 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 And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great week. Peace.